And I'm Alistair. We're high school students and art enthusiasts. If you hear this, you have been lucky enough to stumble upon our podcast, Books, Ballads, and B-Roll. Keep listening if you enjoy hearing about literature, music, and movies. In this spooky, scary special episode, we're going to discuss connections between Halloween-themed media. Specifically, we're going to talk about the book Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, the movie Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki, and the song Join Us for a Bite by JT Music and Andrea Storm Caden. We're going to start with Gideon the Ninth, and this is a book that we were both quite excited to read. It takes place on another planet and is centered around a person named Gideon, a skilled swordsman, and her, um, it also talks about her sworn enemy and later her lover, Harrowhark. And Harrowhark is a necromancer, an expert at summoning the dead to do her bidding. Gideon's initial hatred towards Harrowhark is fueled by the mistreatment she endured from Harrow's parents and her harsh life of indentured servitude. Harrowhark's hatred seems to stem from immense pressure she feels as a necromancer and as the hope for her planet, and the fact that she blames Gideon for her parents' suicides. In the solar system of Gideon the Ninth, there are nine planets, which each have a powerful house of necromancy, and all these houses answer to the all-powerful emperor. Now, much to Gideon's dismay, she and Harrowhark end up being forced together when the emperor summons a necromancer of each house, along with a swordsman, in order to compete for the role of a lictor, uh, an extremely powerful and important necromancer. And much later, as they struggle to figure out why people are being mysteriously murdered on the Emperor's planet, they discover that the creation of a Lictor is a very sinister process, which requires the spirit of the swordsman and necromancer to become intertwined. First of all, we just have to issue a disclaimer. If you see the book, the blurb is really bad. It's it's just written really badly. It looks like a absolutely like cliche pulp fiction-y book, and it is not at all like that. It's not a good representation of the real book. So don't be put off by the blurb you see on the book, just forewarning. Indeed. Okay, yeah, the writing style is really interesting. There's a lot of modern humor and sort of dialects, but also a more ancient vibe. Yeah. Than, like uncovering a, a lost tomb. I noticed that as well. There's a lot of like formal language that seems to be like part of various social conventions that's really interesting, but then at the same time the characters speak informally in like regular conversation, which makes it feel very realistic. Yeah, and I love the character of Gideon because she's pretty dramatic, and I mm-hmm. enjoy the development of the relationship between Gideon and Harrowhark, as I feel like originally they both appear to be really tough and a bit ruthless, but as you watch them start to let their guards down around each other, then you get a better sense of who their characters are, and the relationship begins to feel very delicate at first. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would have formed this close bond and overcome their very serious differences if they hadn't been put into this hostile universe where everything was unfamiliar and uncertain and they were the only familiar thing from their home. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because their home in like the ninth house is not exactly a nice place. It's yeah. like there's no sunlight. It's really dark and like dingy all the time it seems like and yet it was what they were used to so when they came to like this new place that had like weather and like 
all these things that they just hadn't experienced, it felt very hostile to them. And I mean, also there's like actual hostile things like monsters and hostile people, but like... That's true. It feels like a hostile universe in general, Mm -hmm. especially especially for Gideon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and in general, there's a lot of... A lot of creepy things that happen because there's all these necromancers there. They have these, like, bone constructs where they, like, create these large creatures out of, like, dead bones that they then animate and can make them do all sorts of things. And then there's some that don't seem to be animated by any person, and that's really creepy. But also it's weird because they're all, like, used to having all these skeletons around all the time. So, like... That in itself is not necessarily creepy, but sometimes the skeletons are hostile, and that is definitely scary for them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, there's a substantial amount of graphic yeah. depictions and of injuries and pain, but mm-hmm. that's pretty appropriate for Halloween. Yeah, so. which is why we chose this book. Yeah. But, so yes. my one criticism, I guess, would be of the world building, I felt like there, I felt like initially it was a little confusing because there were all mm-hmm. these references that were sort of inside references that the characters and the authors understood and the readers were supposed to understand them much later on in the book, but that made it confusing and yeah. it made it difficult for me to get into this book until like halfway through and then I started to really like it. Yeah, And I feel like the allure of the book sort of counts on the characters' backstories and certain plot twists to be revealed, explaining everything, which is okay. I like books like that. But what I didn't necessarily like was that the book feels a bit flat until these things are revealed. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I felt like the language and the way the book was written was captivating from the start, but it was also a lot of like stuff thrown at the reader that like, I didn't really understand and even still like at the end of the book there's stuff that like I was like oh that was a thing that I had not picked up on at all it felt like we we were being thrown into a a hostile yeah it really did I agree about that but also I do think that is like it's almost as if like we're in this universe and the author like expects us to know about all this stuff which does make it feel very real it like yeah. pulls you in but also yeah it can be very confusing yeah. and sometimes well, there's a lot of terminology yeah can be confusing mm-hmm. so Spirited Away is an animated movie by the esteemed Studio Ghibli in which a 10-year-old girl named Chihiro accidentally stumbles into the spirit world. Her parents mistakenly eat spirit food and are turned into pigs, and Chihiro realizes they are all trapped there. In order to prevent herself from being discovered as a human there, she finds a job at the spirit bathhouse, where she meets many different strange creatures and the imposing witch Yubaba who runs the bathhouse. She spends the rest of the movie trying to figure out how to escape and free her parents from Yubaba's magic and return to the real world. So we thought that this is one of our favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, It's a classic. It is. (laughs) The animation is really cool. Mm -hmm. And the, the way the animation, not only just visually, but also the way it supports the characters and the plot is really amazing because something that I feel like sometimes movies can lack as opposed to books is that 
they you don't really get to see the thoughts or feelings of characters as directly from the inside but i think in general studio ghibli's animation and especially in this movie does a really good job of conveying how characters are feeling and what's happening inside their heads just from like the way they're like their gestures and the way they look and everything like that yeah which is really cool yeah the the creatures seem a little bit scary and Mm -hmm. and hostile because they're they're really weird and unfamiliar so you kind of assume that they might have bad intentions however a lot of them end up to have their own things they want and they're not necessarily trying to hurt her but then there's Mm -hmm. other spirits that end up seeming good at first and seeming friendly and then it turns out that they are being driven by something unexpected yeah yeah one of the one of my favorite spirit creatures is No Face, who's like, it looks like a floating black cloak with like a little face mask that doesn't change expression. And at first it seems like a benevolent spirit, but then becomes greedy and tries to lure other spirits with fake gold pieces and then starts eating them. And it becomes this whole problem where the bathhouse is like overrun by this crazy creature and it's really scary. But then when... um Chihiro comes back and sort of offers like friendship to the spirit. Um, it becomes clear that No Face actually just was lonely and wanted companionship. So, yeah, I think that's what's the most frightening about the creatures is that you don't really understand their intentions. It's yeah, like in certain movies, their intention is they want to annihilate the world or mm-hmm. they want to kill the main character, but here they don't necessarily all seem that concerned yeah the main character it's a lot more they're more yeah yeah, like that you can't really tell if they're good or Mm -hmm. evil and that adds to like how she's sort of thrown into this strange world that like she really doesn't understand and like you as the watcher don't feel like you understand it because there's all these creatures just like doing strange things and (laughs) unclear what's (laughs) what's going on yeah. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of a quote from Ethel Kane, uh-huh. an amazing singer who we do need to cover oh, her yes. in an episode soon. Um, Certainly. But in a video that she made where she was looking at her art books oh. on YouTube, um, she said that one of her greatest fears is this idea where you have to leave your comfort zone and often your comfort zone is not really your comfort zone um, and that's why you have to leave it. But it's it's not comforting, but it's what you know. Mm. And so that reminded me of that reminds me of Gideon the Ninth, and also yeah. kind of of this. Both characters aren't really satisfied with their lives. They're not uh-huh. like they're very, um, very much not satisfied. Yeah. But then they long to return to it because it's what's familiar to them, mm-hmm, and it feels safer. Sure. And then another another great quote from Ethel mm-hmm. Kane. And that relates a lot to this movie specifically is she said that it's more haunting when you're in an alien world surrounded by these creatures, these strange creatures. And um, in her words, you can't reduce this thing to a simple, a simple antagonist trying to hurt you because it doesn't even care about you being there. And suddenly you feel very small. You no longer possess the importance of being something that should be hurt. You become nothing and they become just as important as you are. Yeah. You're surrounded by other creatures, but you're very much alone. Mm. So I think that is definitely what the main character in this 
movie is experiencing. Yeah, I agree. And like she, Chihiro sort of, even once she comes to understand like sort of what's going on and where she is, it's, yeah, it's really clear like the anonymity of how she feels and like the animation and the music combined to create this feeling of like lonesomeness and like being cut off from everything else and unnoticed. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's this one scene where they're like on a train that's inexplicably half underwater, but on the train there's like all these sort of faint outlines of spirits that aren't really actual people, but like they they look almost like people, but none of them are really interacting or doing anything. And Chihira is just sitting there with no face and like it's silent. And it's this really strange, like lonesome feeling. Yeah. But, yeah. It all has a very eerie quality. Mm-hmm. Another piece of media that has a kind of eerie quality is Five Nights at Freddy's, specifically yes. the song Join Us for a Bite. Yes. We are. And honestly, we wanted to cover Five Nights at Freddy's, and we thought, but we don't really have a video game category, obviously, but we thought that using one of the songs would be a fitting way to tie it in. The song was released in 2016, and it celebrates the release of the fifth game in the series known as Sister Location, which is centered around the animatronic antagonist known as Circus Baby. Um, And in the song, she is attempting to convince the player to come to her restaurant, although the lyrics clearly indicate that something dreadful awaits them if they do. Our thoughts on the song is that it's definitely quite a bop. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same sort of creepy that the, like, for example, the music in, in Spirited Away is. It's definitely much more of, like, a rowdy <laughs> tune. Yeah. But, but I guess what's haunting about it is... Well, I feel like the the voice is definitely kind of haunting. Yeah, and the voice sounds kind of like on the edge of like insanity or yeah. like. Yeah, but I also don't know. kind of draws you in. Yeah, both, I guess with the the catchy beat and mm-hmm. also just. Yeah. I don't know. It it feels like you really could be convinced to, uh, <laughs> to go over there and. Mm-hmm. Then meet the sinister. Yeah, animatronics. it pulls you in. So. Also, full disclosure, B and I have never actually played Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> We're frauds. Which might make you wonder why we decided to include this in our podcast. But I think basically we've heard a lot about it. We both agree that it's a game we should try out because we've heard it's a great game from a lot of friends. Yeah, my brother um, is very um, into Five Nights at Freddy's, or at least he was mm-hmm. for a time. And... He has a whole playlist with these songs. Yeah, which is how we were introduced (laughs) to Join Us for a Bite. Yes. But, and we also just thought it was very fitting to compare to the other two media we picked this time. Yeah, because it's about, I think, like these children, and they're so young that they don't really know, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're kind of thrust into this world of, of these scary animatronics and it's and also another connection is animatronics make me think a lot of like the bone creatures that the necromancers create in Gideon the Ninth like the way they're sort of like 
animated or like powered by an unseen force. They're sort of inhuman and impartial to human experiences like pain or things like that. Which can also be said for the spirits in the spirit world, actually, of Spirited Away. I hope you enjoyed this Halloween episode, and I hope you find these things to be as, as cool and as creepy. Also haunting, yeah, as, as we, we do. did. Have a spooky, scary, surreal, skeletal, and spiritual yeah. Halloween. <laughs> uh, uh, farewell! farewell.